Welcome back, everybody, to the Nothing But Bull podcast. I'm your host, Derek, and as always, I'm here with my main man, Justin. Justin, what's going on? Nothing much, man. I am living the dream, as all teachers say. <laughs> you know, I, I had a, a teacher say that to me, like, she it, she was like, oh, I'm living the dream. And I was like, you know, uh, nightmares are dreams, too. <laughs> so... You had a good laugh over that. <laughs> That's one way to look at it. <laughs> oh boy. <laughs> um, well, hopefully the listeners will have good dreams after the Bulls game tonight, the first of the regular season. After the Bulls went undefeated in preseason. Well, I can't say that I was um, surprised with that um, because I knew coming in. No, I didn't know anything coming in. We were all wondering <laughs> what this was going to look like. Um, but it's amazing. It's like night and day when you look at this team. Um, just just overall, like, competency. You know, um, I remember like um, there was this big thing that was going off and like really kudos to like Bulls or the, the management and everything really bringing in like veterans and not just any veterans, like veterans who know how to play, veterans who know what their responsibilities are and veterans who can communicate with each other. And um, I was looking at um, uh, they had some of the scrimmages that were going on. And Caruso, he was like in the middle of a scrimmage and like there was um, something that was going on and everybody was like talking. And there, there seemed to be like some confusion. And he was just like, hey, when we run this play, we're just going to go XXX. And it like just simplified every single thing that was going on in the court. The guys were being able were able to like, you know, communicate with each other and get back on defense a lot better. And it's just. When you have that level of competency going on, guys who know how to talk with each other while they're on the court, it it really struck me. Um, and then it made me think back to like those days that you saw like Lori and uh, Wendell and Levine like huddling huddling on the court talking to each other. And then I was like, do you all, did you all really know what you were saying in that huddle? Like, did you have an idea of what you were supposed to be doing or, or were you all just like, kind of like just playing to the camera, making it seem like you knew what you were doing in that huddle. But it's just refreshing being able to see what's going on with this team. Um, I thought if they came in and they were able to just, solidify the point guard position that would help this team move in the the right direction and you and i both had some some questions with going after lonzo ball and seems to be a great pickup to me i don't know what do you think so far oh lonzo (laughs) (laughs) 
Yeah, you said we both had reservations at first. I think I was the first to come around. <laughs> yeah, because I was still like, ah, I'm not sold yet. Yeah, I was like, I, I'm, I'm sold. I'm sold. <laughs> and you no, know, in preseason, you just see like the complete difference of how the Bulls are operating with an actual point guard, which they have lacked the past four or five years. Yeah. um, Just a guy who knows where a guy who knows how to run an offense and knows where everybody is supposed to be on the court. And it's not like, um, you know, we don't Lonzo is not that guard yet to where he's just like breaking guys off the dribble, but just getting guys in the, in the right place. That is not something that necessarily is going to show up on a box score, but Noticing where guys like to get their shots, lining up guys uh, correctly, uh, defensively and being able to communicate with one another, um, having somebody who can actually run a fast break. Like, we haven't had that. And I don't know how long. Like, when's the last time we had somebody who could really, like, orchestrate a fast break and everybody knew exactly where they were supposed to be on the court? When's the last time that's happened? Um, I want to say Ron Harper. <laughs> Ron Harper, really? I mean, I mean, I- Derek Rose was like a one-man fast break, so we knew like Rose was going to take it coast to coast. So I would, yeah, Rose situation. Um, that's pretty adequate or, or, or accurate, actually. Yeah. I haven't had that in, gosh, has it been that long? Yeah. <laughs> wow. So, yeah, that's what we've been dealing with, Bulls fans. Just, you know, incompetence. Just straight incompetence. But you have Lonzo out there, um, and his IQ is just off the charts. Like, I know it's preseason and all, but that one play where um, – you know, it was like a a, a, a busted play. Uh, P. Will was throwing a ball that was headed out of bounds, and then Lonzo's running after it uh, for dear life. And then just the wherewithal to know that he has that defender that's coming at him and to be able to diagnose that and yeah. send the ball off. Of, I forget who the defender was, um, but the I think it was like, was it Stephen Adams? Yeah, it was Stephen Adams. Yeah, to send that ball off of Stephen Stephen Adams and have him deflect it out of bounds, I was like, oh, my gosh, we have not had anybody have that kind of basketball IQ in I don't know how long. Um, And just, you know, having having that solidified, being able to have uh, DeRozan come in, and I think people forget about just how good of – a mid-range shooter he is and just a guy who can create off the dribble, a guy who can get to the lane and can, you know, draw fouls on other people. Like we just, the, the, and the, the weird thing is that there really, there wasn't so much to dislike about the Bulls offense last year, but you could just tell things just weren't clicking because you did not have that conductor on the offense that could put people in in the position to succeed. So to see where they were at with the preseason, which just, 
you know, it was just amazing. And then to see the um, the level of awareness from the defensive side has just been off the charts. As much as we laud Lonzo being here, Caruso might actually be one of the more important signings that the Bulls uh, have had in a long time. Yeah. Um, to me, Caruso is one of the, if not the best, point of attack defenders in the NBA right now. Yeah. Um, and, gosh, how can I even say this without being, like, politically incorrect? Um I, I will be honest. I will look at Caruso and you like just from my standpoint, and I guess I really shouldn't talk. I mean, you look at me, I'm I'm no athlete really. But um, you know, just looking at Caruso's game, I had some some reservations about what it was that he was gonna add defensively. You know how like um you, you know how like you'll see like there, there have been certain like defenders in the league, and even I will say this at certain moments with uh, Joakim Noah. Joakim Noah was a great hustle player. He was a uh, a very good defender, but the fact that his hair was long, it kind of made him seem like he was doing more than what he really was doing. Do you know what I mean by that? <laughs> like hair is flying all over the place, and you're like, man, this guy is just everywhere. But no, he's not necessarily everywhere. It just like it looks like he's busier than what he is, even though he is, you know, he's doing his job very well. Now, I say that in in regards to Caruso, I saw him playing along with LeBron James and I saw that he had some, you know, a a good IQ. And, you know, there there are certain things that guys just kind of tend to pick up their their games, at least um, from a a defensive standpoint um, with their IQ when playing with LeBron and and knowing uh, where guys uh, or where um, other teams like to run their offense through. And I I thought that Caruso did a very good job of being able to, um, you know, just provide some very good help defense and on-ball defense when he was in a Lakers uniform. I did not know that he had all of these other attributes to his game. And I have to, I'll, I'll be the first, if we could ever get Caruso on this podcast, I would be <laughs> the first to come out and like, look, man, I wasn't appreciating your game fully. Um, I appreciate what he's bringing to this Bulls team. Yeah, I, I was hyped um, from the moment we signed Caruso. Um, it's, it, it's what, with the Lakers, well, so you're gonna be one of those guys. Look, I look, do it all all the time. <laughs> I mean, with the Lakers, you have to play a certain role and temper your game down to the betterment of LeBron. Yes, you do not get the show like your full game playing next to LeBron. You you have to fill in the role with what the team needs and what LeBron wants. So all this other stuff that Caruso can do, I really I'm really not surprised because I always thought he was a great point of attack defender and he's a great on ball defender. He's we've seen already that he's a great communicator. Um if you saw some of the Laker games or just how you knew that he could 
just out of nowhere dunk on you. So, I mean, I, I, I was, I was very excited when we signed him and knew that he would be the point guard for the second unit and that that would then slide Kobe White to his natural position of being a scoring guard. Yeah, like, I I appreciated Caruso's game from afar because I'll be honest, like, I wasn't staying up watching, like, those <laughs> those Western <laughs> Conference games a lot. Um but I knew, like, from Frank Vogel, from, like, his time being in Indiana, like, I knew, like, as far as, like, his defensive elements and, and what he expected guys to do on the court, I knew that um, he has a way of coaching guys and having them fit into his system without necessarily having to have them showcase how athletic of a person that they are. And my point of, like, you remember Greg Hibbard? Yeah. Like that center, like Greg Hibbert, I won't say that oh, he was trash, but he was not. So wasn't a Roy Hibbert? Roy Hibbert, that's right, Roy Hibbert. Sorry, he wasn't like he was a lot better than what he was based off of being in that system that Frank Vogel ran. Like when, like you, you remember those uh, Indiana Pacers teams, and they would they would give. Um, that that uh, LeBron James, Dwayne Wade, Chris Bosh team fits because of where they were positioning Roy Hibbert on the court to be able to affect what it is that the the the, um, the Miami Heat like to do, which was pretty much trying to run you off the court in transition and trying to um, get easy scores towards the basket. Um, but once Frank Vogel left in that system, you started to see. Roy Hibbert to get more and more exposed um, and see more of his deficiencies. So I was always skeptical when I looked at like certain players who play within that system. I'm like, they're performing very well with their particular role, but I don't know how good of a player individually they are. Does that make sense? Yeah, it makes sense. Yeah. So when I looked at Caruso, I was like, okay, yeah, he's doing well in that system, but I don't know, like, I didn't know that he could, you know, call out and communicate other, other teams, um, um, plays and all, and be able to like break down what was happening before that team was actually running that play. I didn't know that that was something that was fully in his arsenal. And I certainly didn't know about his athleticism. I know you saw, you said that you, you noticed, you know, different highlights that you saw from the, from the Lakers teams in the past, but like when he was able to just, you know, break that guy down off the dribble, it was like just a cross. Was it was it like just a crossover, like a simple crossover? Simple cross. what, was, what was that? It was a simple crossover. Yeah, it was a simple crossover. Like he didn't do anything special, but he just it seemed like he exploded to the rim. And I was like, dude, I didn't know that was in your game. So it's been a breath of fresh air looking at these pieces that the Bulls have added on and seeing how they are fitting. Uh, I'm still a little bit concerned about the fact of their size um, and how they're going to address that going forward. But you saw throughout the preseason, they got a lot of active hands. And when you have guys who can, you know, attack guys around the perimeter, and even with uh, Levine carrying over from what he was doing in the Olympics and uh, picking guys up, 
like more full court and just being active. Uh, there were certain things that I saw that I didn't like as far as like, um, you know, there were like certain backdoor passes that like Levine was like just losing track of his man. and was like, man, you got to kind of clean that up a, a little bit more. But like they just have a bunch of active hands, like every single time guys were were um, beating other guys off the dribble and especially going baseline, you saw hands moving in towards that guy to affect that person's shot or affect um, their next um, their next thought process, which would be passing the ball. You, you saw a lot of activity in that regards. I don't know if that's been with Donovan really preaching that and trying to have those guys hone in on that, or if that's just something that a lot of the guys who are coming over from different programs are helping to add in with what the Bulls are doing, but it's been pretty exciting so far. Um, I think there's a mixture of both. Um, yeah, Lonzo is a great defender. Russo's a great defender. You know, Levine's been getting better on defense, and Billy Donovan's never coached lower than a top 12 defense. And yeah, because they were like 11th last year, right? They were 12th last year. They were 12th? Okay. Like, that was his lowest team last year with guys like <clears throat> Arkadin and Denzel Valentine and <laughs> yeah, Uchevich just coming over. So I think that's a bit of both of the players that we have now and Billy Donovan because he's never been a bad defensive coach. Um, so now that we got guys that will go out there and scrap uh, – Ball, Caruso, um, Javante Green, Troy Brown Jr. You know, we've got guys that are going to get out there and take pride in actually playing defense. So it's it's a complete (laughs) 180 from what we've seen the last couple years. Yeah, um, and that's the funny thing is, like, looking at a lot of the the question marks that um, those outside of those who weren't around this team and those who were just like looking at the Bulls from afar, a lot of them were like, oh, well, who are they going to guard? Who are they going to guard? Um, and I don't think that they've really been paying attention to like to me, that just tells me you really haven't been paying attention to what the Bulls have had because you see you, you trotted out those numbers that uh, Donovan has. They didn't have a bad defense last year. Right. It, it wasn't like um, they had so many defensive lapses to where they couldn't stop anybody. It was just when it came down to the offense and um, it getting bogged down. And then it's like, OK, Zach is facing a double team or a triple team. We still need Zach to go out there and be great. Oh, and by the way, we're going to have him once he gets triple team, he makes the right read and passes the ball. And you got a bunch of guys who are like you know, trying to run away from the basket like they're Ben Simmons. So, you know, what are you going to do? That's a low blow for me, right? I shouldn't have said that. <laughs> oh, man. Because oh. we did have some we did have some guys who, like, they were getting, like, that's the, the funny thing about this Bulls team the past couple of years, even with under Boylan, and I hate, like, to even, like, mention that, but – they got shots at the rim. They got good looks on 
on a lot of different shots. It was just we all had to come to the understanding. And it wasn't just me. Like, it's just you can see with what AK and um, Mark Eversley have done, the guys on the team just weren't that good. Yeah. We, we might as well just say that. A lot of people who were looking at the talent that the Bulls had the past couple of years, like when Lori and Wendell and some of those other guys came over, we overvalued who they were as players. And they're not with the team anymore. And you have guys on there who are competent, guys who are going to come in and work, guys who can knock down open shots. Um you know, it's no slight against those guys, but we're, we're not relying on Garrett Temple. You know, we're not relying on Archie. And, you know, those guys are appreciated. We appreciate what those guys did while they were here in a bullish uniform. But, you know, there's a reason why Archie is not with the team right now. You know, um, Temple is like, what? what he's, he's on the he's on the, he's on the he's on the Cavs. He's on the Pelicans. He's on the Pelicans. Yeah. And you see, like, it's not like these guys are, who were leaving are going to great situations. Um, I'm happy for Lori that he was able to secure the bag. I'm, I'm happy that Wendell was able to get his money. Um, but they're not, it's not like we're losing these guys because great teams or good teams or even teams who are on the verge of becoming good wanted their services. You can tell the type of players that we had on this team based off of the situations that they landed in, and that I think that that's just being fair. Yeah, yeah, it's it's being fair. Um, like you said, like um, you know, a lot of times less Zach like would single handedly keep us in the game through yeah. the first three quarters. Then you know, the fourth quarter, he's fatigued and. You know that he's going to have the balls that are doubling, you're tripling them. Laurie wasn't what we thought he would be. He didn't provide that second, like, player who could help get shots and win the game for a team. Um, so, you know, it would pretty much fall on Zach, who's almost like giving his all through the first three quarters just to have the score close. And now he's seeing two players coming at him. He's seeing three defenders coming at him. And now this year we don't have to go through that because not only is Vucevic out there, but now we also have DeMar DeRozan. And, you know, you can play Alonzo Ball who can knock down an open shot. Um, If Billy wants to go with a small lineup, you put Caruso out there too, who can knock down the open shot, or who can hit somebody with a simple crossover and just. And you're like, I didn't know he could do that. Yeah. Um. Yeah, like you know, all great points. Like you, you think about it, like with not hitting on those guys. Um, and again, nothing against those guys because. It's the organization who picked them wherever they landed. Like, it, it doesn't, you know, I, I can't fault the player. The player did not pick themselves to go wherever spot that they landed. But you're, you're not going to win that many games coming in where, you know, our, on certain nights, our best player might have been 
our not best player, our second best player might have been a guy who's playing a position that he didn't really even play that much, you know, um, in college. And I'm talking about Kobe White, like him playing like the point guard position and running it the way he's supposed to be running it. You know, it's it's not something that he is necess was necessarily familiar with in in a, at UNC. And so you're asking a guy to step outside of a role or step into a role rather that he's not familiar with. He's only, what, 19, 20 years old at the time. So just expecting them to be a key contributor in your rebuild or whatever it is that you wanted to call this Bulls process, because I don't even know if it was a rebuild or retool, whatever. Um, but like expecting a guy like that to hit and have him be a key core piece moving forward and expecting to also win, like that's just not the recipe that you want to be working with. And um, that's, th and that's funny. Like when we gave up those draft picks to get uh, Vucevic and, and even now I'm still hearing people are like, Oh, you giving up your future um, for Vucevic and you're like taking up this cap space and you know, whatever. And I'm thinking, okay, so what is the alternative? You know, I'm looking at these guys who are rookies coming in right now. Do, do you know if um, that point guard, uh, what is his name, Jalen Suggs in, in Orlando is going to be any good? Do you know if he's going to be a solid player right now? No. Like, they're playing they're playing Detroit now. Who's who's the um, the rookie, the top draft pick that came out? Um, is it Cunningham? Cunningham. Um, who's out tonight? Yeah, who's out? So – you know, do we know that these guys are even going to become the the level of being a solid rotation person? No. I mean, it's, it's not like any of these guys coming out are like the second coming of LeBron where you can just put a stamp on it and be like, hey, this guy is going to be legit when he comes out. And there were people who still even had question marks about LeBron when he came out. So, you know, I like the moves that the Bulls have done. I think that they've taken a step to push this franchise in the right direction. And I don't mean like a small step. If this team does not make the playoffs, I would be like extremely surprised. Just it would, I would just, you know, I don't, I don't know how I would be able to react to that quite honestly, but you know, I know we've made those proclamations before because we were basing that off of hope. But I don't think that we're – I think we're past that point of hope. We have guys who can actually come in and guys who are – and I'll go back to that word – competent. Yeah. Um, <laughs> it, it's funny. Like you said, the last few years we've been basing it off hope. We hope that this is a playoff team. We hope we're sitting somewhere like 7th and 8th. Um I think the Bulls are going to be in the upper part of the Eastern Conference this year because it's. I'm not basing this off hope. I'm both basing it off talent now where you had three guys who've averaged over 20 points and have been all-stars. Yeah. And it's the part I'm, – I'm sorry. The parts just fit better. Like the, the additions that the Bulls were able to make – 
you know, like I think every team is facing a lot of question marks coming into this year. Um, like I was looking at the Lakers a little bit last night, much as I said, I don't stay out to watch them. I don't, but you know, I was just happened to be up and I was like, that team has got a lot of question marks. Where's your perimeter, um, shooting going to come from on that team? How are guys going to be defending? Like there's just a lot of question marks on that team. I think with this bulls team, there's, again, I, I worry a little bit about size, but I think that there's a lot less question marks um, that are on this team than it has been in the past. And like you were saying, just like with with uh, the talent levels of certain teams, Kyrie is not playing. Who knows when he's going to be playing? Um, so you people can say whatever they want. That's a significant piece for that Brooklyn team. They, they can't just be like, okay, well – me or Durant and Harden can just waltz out there and just, you know, um, outscore everybody on every single night. Um, because when you look at that team, it seems like they're loaded. They ha- they do have a lot of guys who were all-stars, but like you're also relying on like LaMarcus Aldridge, right? Right. Uh, Blake Griffin. Um, Joe, I, I forget his name. The um, guard board that they have on that team. Who's a pretty good player, but it's like you're relying on those types of guys. Um, as much as we talk about, or as much as people have talked about the um, the Milwaukee Bucks, who looked pretty good last night, um, you know, not having a guy like uh, Tucker on their team, uh, who's gonna be able to guard some of those other perimeter players, or or provide um, provide just more depth. And a little bit of outside shooting because you got to respect his three-point shooting from the corners. That team is a little bit uh, less diminished. You look at that Boston team; they don't have the same pieces that they had in years past. Uh, so you know the opening is there for the Bulls. They just gotta, you know, open just knock through the the wall, really. Yeah, you, you know what the Nets could have used last night? It's a guy that would hustle and go up there and defend and grab rebounds. Somebody like the guy that they waved named Alizé Johnson. Who the- <laughs> <laughs> that is true. <laughs> or on Twitter, Alizé just tweeted out a laughing face during the game, man. <laughs> You kind of know that he has the Nets game circled for when they play each other. Yeah. And so, like, like we, we think about that. Like, think about, like, you, you the Bulls have added, like, these types of players who, like, are hustle players, guys, like I said, who are, they know that they're going to fit into a certain role. Now, you also throw in the fact of this team has not had a lot of time playing with um, P. Will, who we all expected to make that next step this year, but you're not going to rely on him. Like before, we would say, okay, if we could have P. Will be like our third best player or second best player, like we have a, a, a good understanding of the future of this team. P. Will drops down to like what fourth, fifth, fourth, fifth, yeah. So like when you when you're able to like trot out an uh. Uh, a squad like that where you have every all of your 
all your your front play, your 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 core players, your starting players. There are no question marks really with those starting players. When you're able to trot that out and have a guy just settle in with as much talent as he has, be your fourth or fifth best player, you got a pretty good squad. Yeah. Um <laughs> Yeah, like this is a this is a complete squad like where everybody has a role that they that they're accustomed to and that they can actually play that role that they're given. Yeah. And also I forget, you know, forgot to throw it out there too. Kobe White, I think people forget Kobe White can also come in on any given night. Kobe can get hot and give you 20. <laughs> like Kobe can probably give you like 30 off the bench some nights. Yeah. So like, you know, I don't, I don't know, like, because I know a lot of people look at Vegas odds and all of this other stuff. And, yes, Vegas is smart and whatever, <laughs> of course, because it's Vegas. But I don't think that a lot of people had a full understanding of what this Bulls team was doing last year and the pieces that they had. How many games did they win last year with the talent that they had? Oh, was it <laughs> – 31, I think we were 31 and 41 last year. Yeah. So that team got to over 30 wins. That team. And how many games did Markin miss? How many games did Wendell miss? How many games did like Porter? Like, and mind you, not great players, but players that the team relied on like you know when you think about it in that context it's pretty you'd be you you would have to be shocked if this team does not make it into the playoffs right um like um yeah it was, it was pretty much how many games did Zach miss because of covid and if he didn't miss those games then you're probably looking at that bulls team making the play-ins and you know when like before preseason i think vegas had us at about maybe three or four more wins than last year and then all of a sudden after preseason it's jumped up and i think they have us at about 43 44 wins now so they kind of like tempered their expectations at the beginning and they were like, oh crap. <laughs> <laughs> that team actually looks like they know what they're doing. Yeah, pretty much. Yeah, and you also you throw up in the in the fact of, you know, it's not like you have Jim Boylan running this team. Oh my god. <laughs> like you have a playoff you know, a playoff-tested coach. He knows what he's doing. <laughs> so, um, you know, it's – and it's interesting also watching the young guys, that they, the other young guys. Like, I'm looking at that that um, second-round draft pick, Ayo, or, and I'm like, this dude could actually be something too, a key rotational guy down the line. Um, so there, there's just – 
there's reinforcements that are even coming this this way. Um, I kind of liken it to um, I'm a big Cowboys fan. And I was, you know, I've been looking at this, the Cowboys teams in the past. And, you know, everybody is always talking about the Cowboys. They suck if they're if people expect them to be good. If you hate them, you love them. People are talking about the Cowboys. And for years, people would say, oh, they look like they got a pretty good squad. Oh, they look like trash. It just goes back and forth. I was looking at the like the different guys that they were bringing in. And this was the first time this year I, I was looking at it. And I'm like, they got some players. I think people need to watch out if their quarterback comes back healthy. And I'm looking at this Bulls team and I have the same exact feeling with them. Yeah. Um, yeah. Oh my God. We, we got to talk about since you brought up Jim Boylan. <laughs> how in the world did USA basketball make this guy the head coach for the World Cup qualifying team? <laughs> Yeah, so when you sent me that text, I almost dropped my phone uh, in the trash can. Um, yeah, like literally, I almost dropped in the trash can, and the kids like had lunch in the trash in the uh, classroom, so like it was filled with a bunch of crap. Um, so yeah, I wasn't really appreciating that text that you sent me. Um, earlier today but yet when you sent that to me i was like who does he have like pictures or recordings of of like inappropriate behavior like does he have access to like the nba's version of the john gruden emails somewhere (laughs) like how in the world i don't i don't understand that i and that that's funny because that's exactly what I thought. I said he must rooting type stuff on Adam Silver. <laughs> there, there's no that they you know who would make the perfect head coach? Jim Boylan. No, no, that man should never have a head coaching job in any type of basketball, whether it's high school, preschool. Kindergarten, nothing. You know, you know, it's sad. Um, If you've taught for a long time, you'll come across a lot of different educators. And there are some educators that you'll come across and you're like, this person has no business. Like, ever being in the classroom with anybody like children adults like they should no never should be in it and they just keep getting recycled through like you'd be surprised at the amount of just incompetent educators that are out there that just keep finding a way to get recycled through and i guess that's true of like head coaches now um <laughs> Like, I would look at NBA players and I'm like, I don't understand how this person keeps signing on with a team. Like, 
for lack of a better term, like the only person who comes up to mind right now is Chris Dunn. Like, you know, how many NBA teams did Chris Dunn play on before people started to realize, you know what, you're you're a point guard, but you you can't dribble, you can't shoot, um, you're turnover prone. So we like the job that we need you to do, you're just not very good at, but we're still going to find a way to keep you employed. Oh, man. And I can't say anything positive about Jim. No, I, I shouldn't say that. Guys like Shaq Harrison and some other people, you know, some other players seem to be able to respond well to him. I'll give him that. How's that? Mm, no, not even that. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Well, I tried, Mr. Bowling, but I tried. Oh, man. Well, <laughs> I, I mean, uh, I, no, I, I, I don't give Bowling anything. <laughs> I just can't. <laughs> Not from what I've seen, no. <laughs> but you see, it's like you understand, like, from a player standpoint, like, you know, somebody being convinced that if I just, you know, tap into this guy's athletic abilities, like his natural athletic abilities, I can get something out of this guy. Like how Cleveland is, you know, fooling themselves into thinking that they can turn Laurie Markinen into a small forward. But that's based off of some type of inkling of athletic ability. Like somebody is going to like I'm looking at that Sacramento Kings. Um, I don't know if you you look there and like there was the draft pick, the guy who was actually um, on that Duke team who was ahead of Wendell Carter, um, Marvin Bagley. Yeah, there's going to be some team that takes a chance on Bagley. Because of his athletic ability, like, or some perceived notion of some untapped potential. I don't know what untapped potential an organization would see in Jim Boylan. Like, what are you seeing that everybody else, players included, are missing out on? <laughs> I, I don't know. Uh, uh, <laughs> I, 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 the only logical explanation to me is nobody else wanted the job. <laughs> that is true. That's a possibility. Nothing else uh, to me makes sense. But yeah, maybe. I never considered that. Maybe no one else wanted the job. That's the only thing that makes sense. Because <laughs> this isn't this isn't the team with the NBA player, so maybe nobody else just they didn't want the job. They just looked at it and they're like, "I'm all right, I'm good." <laughs> um, I'm just so glad we do not have to deal with Jim Boylan anymore and 
We got Billy Donovan. We've got a good team now. Um, you know, last night on TNT, Charles Barkley and Shaq said Bulls will finish with a better record than the Miami Heat. Uh, I don't know about that. Just because, like, and I'm not saying this because I doubt, um, I doubt what the Bulls have put forth. What I am saying is that you know, players in a certain system who've been there for a while, you know, it's hard to like, it's hard to just like downplay that. Like you have some guys in that organization who have been there for years. Um, and Spolstra is a good coach. Um, so I'm not just going to like say, oh, they'll leapfrog that team because the the Heat did add some, some pretty good pieces. Um are they like pieces that are going to vault them into like a championship? Like, I don't think so. But um, you have, you just have guys who have been in that organization for a while and they know, you know, once when you have guys, who know, the ins and outs of what the coaches expect them to do, it's different than having the, this bulls team come in, you know, you have totally different players. They're, it seems like they're buying, buying in based off of what we've seen in the preseason so far but I'm not ready to take that leap yet. I am. <laughs> I give the Bulls the, th- the third seed. The third seed? The third seed. That's pretty up there, man. Other than Milwaukee and Brooklyn, then it's the Bulls. And I'm... Jimmy Butler misses a lot of games each year. That is true. They were, what, the sixth seed last year and got swept in the playoffs? And you're, you're adding with Kyle Lowry um, and who, who the hey, Tucker, who kind of is up more than what he's worth, in my opinion. So I don't being right the Nets and the Bucks. Um he's got the Ben situation. Um yeah, I think a lot of people aren't really like paying attention to like I I don't know if people are understanding how big of an impact not having somebody of his caliber on that team. Uh, just from a defensive standpoint. Now, offensively, you know, like I wouldn't want Simmons on, you know, on my t- like. I, to be honest with you, like this whole entire situation. Not to like cut you off for a second, but that situation with um, Philadelphia should have been avoided years ago. Because there is an interesting thing if you go and you look at Ben Simmons' draft analysis. Everything that he is doing right now is everything that people said he did five or six years ago. One thing that Pete, that was said was he doesn't have a consistent offensive shot. You know, he has not developed that part of his game. I would say on his rookie deal, the 76ers should have been able to pick up on the fact of whether or not that guy was going to develop 
his offensive repertoire. Um, and the fact that they gave him a max contract on good faith, even with him being there and not developing that side, that part of his game, like a big part of that is on the organization. Now, a big part of that falls on Ben Simmons too, but I think some of these guys are afraid to be like, hey, we don't want to be that team that traded Ben Simmons away and he turns into whatever. My thoughts are, you know, generational talent usually manifests manifests itself right away. You don't have to worry about the type of player that Jordan was because when he came out, pretty much a ready-made product. You look at those Bulls teams, Jordan right away was ready to win a championship. Everybody was like, oh, he needed to go through this. No, he had a crap team. Okay, that's the bottom line. Like, you you didn't wonder what type of player Jordan was in college. You didn't wonder what type of player he was in his first couple of years. You knew exactly what it is that you were getting. It's just that pieces started to get added around him. And then people like, you know, they, they, they like to play the result and saying, okay, he had to learn how to win. No, 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 no. He was already good enough to win. You know, you look at his stats and, you know, the stats are what they are. And you can go from, you know, Hall of Fame players all the way down. You don't have to guess as to what they are. Ben Simmons, I look at that situation and I'm like, everything that we knew that he was going to be good at, he's good at now. He hasn't worked on his deficiencies and he hasn't shown a willingness to do that. And I was always suspect on Ben Simmons in the first place because how does a guy with that much talent win so few games in college when the product is already watered down? So, you know, I looked at that situation and I'm like, yeah, he's, he's good. Like for what he does, he's, he's pretty exceptional at what he, he, he is. But I think that that Philly should have gotten, gotten out from underneath Ben Simmons like two or three years ago. That's just me. Yeah, I definitely agree. Um, yeah, I, I'm sure that Dario eventually unload him this season. Um, I'm not sure they're going to get back. They have been their asking price has been like draft picks and a player that's going to help them still be a championship caliber team, but. With the way he's been acting and getting kicked out of practice and suspended for the first game, he's kind of lowering his value. But the Sixers don't want to lower their asking price. So one of them is eventually going to have to give. Yeah, I mean... Like I saw, like, um, there were, like, reports that they were trying to, like, possibly get like, you know, Darren Fox. And I'm like, dude, if you can get, like, a a young point guard with as much talent as he has and pair him with a big man, why would you not do that? Yeah. Like, that that just – that whole entire situation, I just – it's almost like both sides are trying to posture and they're just making themselves look worse and just harming themselves more than anything. Like, there's no win-win out of this. Ben Simmons is not going to get traded to like, you know, a 
a, a fairly good team. What team that's good is going to want him on their roster with him acting that way? And also, he doesn't provide anything offensively for you. Like, unless he was going to, like, let's say um, Brooklyn, where everybody wants to shoot there and nobody wants to defend, um, yeah, that would make sense. Who who are they giving up to get Ben Simmons? Um, uh, <laughs> there's always <laughs> the Kyrie swap. He can play home games in Philly. So I'm going to give up some guy who doesn't want to play on offense for a guy who I don't even know wants to play. Like, you see, like, there's not, like, a whole bunch of good options out there. Right. <laughs> so, um, because of this Ben Simmons situation, I don't know who they're eventually get for him. Um, I'm not putting them above the Bulls. I'm, I don't think the Knicks are that good. No, the Knicks are not that good. And the fact that Tibbs is playing his starters um, – 40, what, how many minutes did Garrett and, or RJ Barrett and, um, what's his name? Julius Randle. Like they were in there for like the waning moments and like a preseason, you know, a preseason game where Randle hits like the game winner. And I'm like, what are you, what are you doing out there? Right. You've been in the league for more than five years and you're playing at a preseason game, trying to get a game winning shot. Like get out of here. <laughs> Yeah, uh, their their big pickups were Evan Fonte and um, Kimball Walker, and to me, Derrick Rose is still better than Kimball Walker. Yeah, I'll take that. But because Kim- like, oh, go ahead. Yeah, but Kimball Walker's the starter. Yeah, I mean, yeah, I I guess Derrick is like comfortable with the situation that he's on. Um with uh Tibbs, but yeah, I would say that Derek Rose healthy is a better player than uh Kemba Walker. Um he's better athletically. They're both not that great defensively, but you know, I'd rather have Derek Rose than Kemba Walker. Because Kemba Walker is like just he he's good, but like his stature, like defensively, it's that could be exposed like all the time, pretty much. Yeah. Um, who, Atlanta. I, 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 I'm not sold on Atlanta. I'm not sold on Atlanta at all. <laughs> Especially with, um, you know, the new rule where you cannot jump into the defensive player to try to draw a foul, which is, like, the best thing Trey Young does. So I think that's going to... And I think they're going to regress from last year. You know, I didn't even think about that new rule that you were talking about. Um, Like how that's going to affect guys like um, Harden and guys like Trey Young, like you were saying, like their best ability is, you know, their, that, that herky jerky motion that they have um, with um, shot fakes and getting guys up in the air. And then, not being able to lean in, like you were saying, that's that's going to have an effect because it's like the refs are going to have to get used to calling things a certain way. And um, they're going to have to 
they're going to have to adjust their games for it. I don't know if there's been quite enough of a turnaround for them to really adjust their game. So, yeah, that is true. That is something to to really keep an eye out on. Yeah, and then I just think we have more talent than Boston. Yeah, I'll give you that. So I'll give you that. I'm calling top three for the Bulls, third seed. Um, I, I would go no lower than the fifth seed, but I really think they can get the third. Is there anybody else who's like made some like improvements at all in the East that um the teams that I didn't name are Charlotte, Cleveland, <laughs> Detroit, Orlando, um, Washington, and Toronto. Yeah, see, like a Toronto team like that, like they don't scare me, but it's still guys who are gonna go out there and play. Toronto always seems to like get some type of talent on their team. Like they have some forward. It's like a forward, power forward, like small forward. Like I don't even know where the guy is from. And <laughs> I remember he gave the Bulls fits last year. Can't remember his name, but they just always seem to be able to acquire talent. Um, yeah, you mentioned Orlando. Um they don't even know what their front court is going to look like moving forward. I mean, they signed Wendell, but like they didn't pick up the extension on Bamba. Um, God, they have like what three point guards that that were first round draft picks. Like you got Fultz, you got Cole Anthony, um, you got Jalen Suggs. I, I don't like that situation at all. Uh, Cleveland is a dumpster fire. They don't know, like, there's talk about them trying to get rid of their best player, Colin Sexton. Um, and Charlotte is, you know, Charlotte has to depend on on um, Hayward being healthy. Like, do you trust Hayward to be healthy for six games? So, yeah, yeah, I don't really see that big of a jump for them. Yeah. <laughs> So I, I'm I'm standing by the bow prediction of the Bulls being the third seed. You're starting to make me like you did this before. And we both went down this path of expecting <laughs> the Bulls to be much better than what they were. I you know to back it up this time. Yeah. I like the Bulls' ability to allow Zach Levine. Like now, like Zach was ridiculous, his stat line last year. I don't think that he'll put up like the same amount of points as last year because you have so many weapons. But I think his stat line could look even better this year. Yeah, I think he'll be more. Um, Which is pretty scary. Yeah, but um, you saw the, the last preseason game. He got an easy 31 points. Yeah, it was like you looked up and he was like, he scored 31. I don't remember him having to struggle for any shot whatsoever. Exactly. <laughs> like, you know, like there weren't any shots that were outside of the flow of the offense. There weren't any shots where I was like, oh, Zach is just taking over the game. It was like one versus three out there. No, it was. 
he's scoring that because those are the shots that he has. So yeah, I, I we we got a point guard on the ball, it's center and Vucevic. Pete Will's a power forward. You know what DeRozan gives you. We've got Kobe White off of the bench with Caruso. And you got hustle guys, the Troy Browns and Javante Greens and Ala J. Johnsons. And, you know, we we got, um, you know, you talked about size earlier, but we've got Tony Bradley as a backup center. He he um, missed, what, three of the four preseason games because it was a strain back and he didn't really play much in that fourth preseason game. Probably got to get conditioned back after missing time and especially coming off of some like a strain back, but he can help provide some size um, for the bench unit. Yeah. Um, as long as we're not like relying on Semenovich to like, do much of anything like I like his his style of play. Um, I actually think that he, given some seasoning, can be a much more reliable player than what Lori was. Yeah. Um, and I'm not saying that he would be like, I'm not saying his skill level is anywhere near Lori's. I mean, like, as far as his ability to. Finish around the rim, pass, um, rebound. I think that he would be more reliable in all of those facets as opposed to uh, the team trying to just rely on Laurie's scoring. Um, I think that he had, like, I think that given some seasoning, like, that's a dude that could probably average with his size and everything, maybe 11 and seven without having to be like a key player. Yeah, I could see that. And then um, Donovan talked about, you know, playing P will as a small ball five. Yeah. Which I'm not necessarily so done. <laughs> um, yeah. I'd have to see what that looks like. I mean, uh, he, he held his own at the five. And you know, once Steven Adams came back in the game, they they made that switch real quick. Yeah, because like like Adams is a massive guy, and yeah, yeah. <laughs> that's a big dude. Adams has some game to him that I didn't recognize. Like, yeah, I I was like, I didn't know he was you know that skilled of a player, at least from the like, the showings that he put on in that preseason game. But, um, you know, there, there's more answers to this Bulls team than questions. Like, if if you got to say, oh, I wonder about their size, every team is looking for size. Yeah. Every single year. Um, Lakers got plenty of size. They got no shooting. <laughs> um, so, yeah. Um, man, you mentioned those Eastern Conference teams. There are just some bad teams. Like what? What sense does it make to have three point guards that you take with first round draft pick status? Like that doesn't make any sense. <laughs> Neither does playing Laurie Markton as your starting small forward. Yeah, like, gosh, man, it's like decisions. Like, 
you know, like people like they look at teachers and they're like, oh, you just go up in there and you're just around some kids. Like these are the type of decisions that make you could make you think that you could be like um, some type of person making decisions on a sports team. When when organizations are run like that, like why would you not? It's like when when we were trotting Chris Dunn out there as our starting small forward, who is six foot four. Um, why would you think that that would be a viable option going forward? <laughs> Even if that's like the only option that you have, like that should be the only option that you have for like maybe a game or two, but not for like an extended period. Yeah. So, yeah. I hated that. Um, no, and, um, like, in case, like, the Bulls do struggle with size, you have, um, Matt Thomas signed as the 15th guy on the roster, and then you also have trade exceptions to you, so you could, like, package him with a trade exception and maybe find some type of size to put out there if you need it. Yeah. Um, and the thing that I like about this team is maneuverability. Like, it's not like like people are harping on the amount of years that certain players got and all of this other stuff. I don't look at the any of the Bulls contracts and think, well, you know, if things don't work out in a year or two, they're just stuck with those guys. Um, you know, like the DeMar DeRozan, if it doesn't work out in like a year or two. That's still a contract that can be moved. Um, and like people like I, I literally heard people saying, oh, they're sacrificing um, their future. They got a first round draft pick back. So even if they lose one of those draft picks, you know, from um, that from whatever went on, like the tampering, like allegations or whatever. It's, it's not like they're just totally destitute moving forward. They got things that they can move around. Um, and I hate harping on like, like a win, like um, Lori Markman. That contract is not going to be something that a team wants to attach itself to uh, in the next year or so. Right. Um, because, you know, and wishing the best, he's not a small forward. Um, and he needs to be paired up with a defensive-minded, either defensive-minded center or a defensive-minded small forward who can hide a lot of what he doesn't do well on the court. Um, it would be hard to take on that contract and be stuck with it and, be, and have to actually not just take on his contract, but then try to find pieces that would fit around having him on your team. The Bulls have options moving forward. And like it's just refreshing to see that. Um, that there's a clear pan, a clear plan that's been put forth. Even with the Vucevic, stuff doesn't work out with Vucevic in the next couple of years, comes off your books. It's not like they're stuck with these guys for an extended period of time. So, you know, it's amazing how bright the future looks when you have competent people doing their job. 
which is a huge step up from what we had <laughs> with the likes of Jim Boylan, John Paxton, and Gar Foreman. Yeah. But we're on to better days. We got a game tonight. Um, and it's a game that I expect the Bulls really to win. I actually expect them to win like by a, a wide margin, too. I mean, um, gosh, like who who did the I don't even know who the Pistons have on their team anymore, aside from Jeremy Grant and the Killian Hayes, I believe. Yeah, like They're that's from what the, the previous year that really didn't play much. Um, Kay Cunningham's out for tonight. He's not playing. So, yeah, I, I expect this to be a blowout. Yeah, this should be one of the, like, we have gotten to that point where this team, with the amount of talent that they have on there, this should be a team or, or be a game that the Bulls should be able to rest their starters in the fourth quarter. Yeah. Like I like I don't I don't believe that I've ever said that on this broadcast before. <laughs> um, yeah, I never thought I would actually. Well, <laughs> 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 I mean, you know, look at the years that we've gone through. It's been rough. Yeah. <laughs> so, yeah, that's all I can say about that. Well, you heard it here, guys. Third seed. <laughs> I'll settle for a fifth seed. Yeah, uh, that's cool. I said the lowest I would go was fifth. Yeah, because I'm like the Wizards. You know, who do they add? They got um, a guy coming off an Achilles tear, um, and and uh, Kyle Kuzma. Like, yeah, I don't expect anything out of that. No. <laughs> Not happening. And you see, and I know we, like, got to wrap it up, but I'm like, those are the types of deals that, the I like, the Bulls management would have made in the past. Giving a guy like, um, what's his face, that point guard, uh, Spencer Dinwiddie. Like, oh, Spencer Dinwiddie's available. He's healthy now. We think he's healthy. Let's sign him. <laughs> right. 17 million a year. <laughs> he's our starting point guard. That's yeah. the start of the future. <laughs> yeah, like you're, you're you know, thankful. Oh, so it says Bulls by five. I expect that number to be higher. By five. Okay. <laughs> yeah, okay. <laughs> That's what it says. I'm looking at this Nuggets game tonight. Like, it's saying Phoenix by six. Why by six? I mean, the Nuggets are a pretty good team. Yeah. Um, they still don't have Murray. Yeah, they don't have Murray, but, you know. Jazz and Thunder, Jazz by 13. I think this Bulls team can pull away from Detroit basketball, who's missing their top draft pick. Yeah, I, I five is an insult. Yeah, look at us, look at us uppity people. Five <laughs> is an insult. 
Uh, hopefully these are brighter days. Hey, the Bulls Nation, we are back. <laughs> <laughs> Man, I didn't want to sound like I was down. Yes, we are on to some brighter days. Let's get it started tonight. Uh, and uh, um, drop any final thoughts. Um, just that. Um, yeah, this is gonna be a fun season. Like, if you were like, I'm not in Chicago. Like, I'm not from the Chicago area. But if you, if people don't have like their season tickets, yeah, you you better get on that right away, because that's gonna be a hot ticket. Like either this year or next year, that's gonna be a hot ticket. Yeah. Um Dor- Doris Burke said earlier that the Bulls were gonna be one of the most exciting teams this year. And it it's gonna happen. You're gonna see a lot of dunks, you're gonna see a lot of flashy plays, and you're gonna see a lot of Bulls wins. Definitely. You wanna go ahead and tell the people where they can follow you. Oh, that's um at uh he said what sports on Twitter. And you can follow me at Young Jordan on Twitter. Uh you can follow the podcast at Bull Nothing N O T H I N. And until the next time, go Bulls. Tennis game over, the horn blows.